Now you truly can rewrite your future with these powerful prevention techniques. Going from feeling hopeless in your health to feeling confident. To bring information and unleash the potential of our listeners to ask the right questions. It's my responsibility to take control of my own health. Welcome to the Ask Why Medicine podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ask Why Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Gina Pritchard, joined with my colleagues, Patty Dematius and Laura Hooper. Today, we are joined by our colleagues, Sharisa Wood and Brittany Simon of Bulletproof Hygiene. And tonight, our question, our Ask Why question is, why do I need a bulletproof hygienist? And perhaps, Laura, we should start by telling our listeners, what is a bulletproof hygienist? Absolutely. I'm going to have Sharissa and Brittany introduce themselves. I have a quick story here. Sharissa, you were like one of those people I looked up to. I met you at AOSH, the American Academy of Oral Systemic Health. She was featured on the Say Ah documentary. And all I remember is like, Oh my gosh, this is so groundbreaking. Shirsa's up there explaining how one of the pathogens, oral bacteria in our mouth, you know, can travel into our bloodstream, but we actually, it's contagious, not only to humans, but we pick it up from dogs. And so Sharisa, I have to open up with that because it's stuck with so many of us, so many hygienists, right? We would then see these bacteria and this bacteria, no, we had explained that and I could see your face, see your expression and your passion. But I know in your heart, there's so much more to that story than that little clip. So I have to have you open with that before you guys introduce yourselves. Tell me, you know, give us your background, but tell, tell me where that really came from. How did that start with that documentary? So I guess we all have to have our 15 minutes of fame, right? And I don't know how mine ended up being about dog saliva. I said, I promise you, I said a whole lot of other things as we recorded for that, um, but that's what made the, the cut. So, and I'm cool with that because we know that periodontal disease is one of the most communicable diseases in the world. And obviously we know we can share that from person to person, but a lot of people don't realize that they can actually get that from their dogs. Like the, the dogs have the same pathogens in their mouths. And I actually encountered this with multiple patients of mine that I had been treating regularly and they had, you know, resolved and healed to some extent, but then I was seeing them down the road and they were treated, they were presenting with active infection again. And we're, you know, putting our heads together and they're like, I'm doing all the home care steps and we've done all our therapies and what's going on and started thinking it through like what's different. And the first patient that made me think about this was she had gotten a new puppy, you know, how you're making small talk with all your patients, you're getting to know them, what's new in life, what's happening. And she said, Hey, I got this new puppy and she's telling me all about it. And so as I'm thinking through like, what's changed, I was like, well, that's changed. I was like, just out of curiosity, do you brush your dog's teeth? And she goes, oh yeah, but he doesn't like that little toothbrush thing. So I actually use my finger and I just put the paste on my finger and I brush their teeth. And I'm like, okay. And this is one of those moments where you have to keep a really straight face. And you ask the question, do you wash your hands afterwards? And she said, oh no, I just wipe it on a paper towel. 
And so that got the conversation going about how these, you know, microbes are so contagious and how important it is to wash your hands afterwards. And then I ran across multiple other patients where that was an issue that we had going on, whether it was them feeding treats and not washing their hands afterwards or letting their dogs lick their mouths or, you know, whatever that was. So that really was, that came from a genuine place of this is an issue that people need to know about, but you're right. There's so, so much more that I want people to know about the link between the oral pathogens and what they can do systemically. And that is really what drives me to do what I do every single day. So with that being said, I'll give a little bit background about myself. Um, I have been a practicing hygienist for 25 years. Um, and I love what I do more today than I did 25 years ago. And I'll be really honest, at the beginning of my career, um, it was a lot more about just connecting with the patient and polishing their teeth and making sure they didn't have any active decay and obviously treating perio when I thought it was bad enough. But if I'm being really honest, I was doing a lot of bloody prophies at the beginning because I wasn't secure enough in knowing who I was as a provider and understanding all of the, the systemic connections to really stand firm on that foundation and help my patients understand what was going on and how that could impact them overall. So, you know, I, I want to share that because I think there's a lot of hygienists that might still be stuck in that place. And that's one of the reasons that Brittany and I exist in Bulletproof Hygiene is to help open the eyes of the hygienists in, with, throughout the profession and make sure that we're all treating our patients as comprehensively as possible. That's really, really important to us. Um, we actually um, published a book earlier this year called Bulletproof Hygiene, and it helps hygienists kind of walk through all of the issues that we face as hygienists, because let's be honest, we know there's a lot that we're trying to do in a short period of time. Um, and we're trying to help hygienists get to the best systems and protocols so that we can achieve everything we need to do within that short period of time and treat our patients with the best care possible. So with that being said, I'm going to kick it off to Brittany and let her share a little bit about her history. Yeah. Thank you, Sharisa. And thanks for giving all that background about who we are, what we do and your phenomenal intro. Um, I'm Brittany Simon. I have been practicing almost 10 years. Um, I practice at the Spodak Dental Group, which is a large multi-specialty practice in South Florida. I've been with that practice for about seven years and I'm their, their lead hygienist, which just means that I'm involved in a lot of the organizational aspects, the cultural aspects of our department, the productive aspects, the kind of calibration, uh, making sure that we are on par with the latest and greatest technology, latest and greatest research, training, um, and just making sure that we're maintaining kind of ethical standards, mutual respect, doing what's best for our patients um, every single day. And like Sharisa said, like our main purpose there is very, very aligned with what we do with Bulletproof Hygiene and just trying to set and raise the bar and raise the standard for how hygienists are operating around the country. And we know that we are in an a profound and amazing and interesting and ever-evolving profession. And I just think that, you know, because all those things are true, there the bar needs to constantly be being raised, you know, and we need to continue evolving as practitioners. So really that's what Therese and I collectively have set out to do. And I know that you're going to ask us here shortly about how we met and how how that came to pass. So we'll we'll kind of elaborate on that as we go. 
I'm glad you shared that. I think just for our listeners, there aren't a lot of patients out there listening and even providers, and they are very unaware with what you just started with that, you know, I'm going to say there's a lot of dog lovers out there that might be in shock right now at that moment, thinking about, I don't wash my hands. So I think hopefully they're asking, why aren't I washing my hands after I feed the dog? Am I transmitting that? Um, And then Brittany, I just love your passion for what you guys are doing together. And that really is my question. You're in two different sides, really, of the country or north and south there. How did you guys come together to form Bulletproof Hygiene? So it was technically a, um, it was a, uh, what's the right word? It was a, an orchestrated blind date (laughs) by our bosses. Um, So Dr. Peter Bolden, um, owns Atlanta Dental Spa in Atlanta, Georgia. And my, my boss, Craig Spodak, owns the Spodak Dental Group in South Florida and Delray Beach. And they both, I think, actually met via Instagram or somewhere somewhere technologically, social media-wise, and they connected that way. And then they became friends, got to know each other, figured out that they had similar vision and similar mission, similar goals and, and big picture ideas and where they think that dentistry can go. And they're both kind of like these visionary guys who are already like hyper, hyper successful independently. And they were like, oh, you know, what will happen if we do this collectively or if we start collaborating and get curious about what each other is doing. And I think that, you know, similar, but different, like uh, Atlanta Dental Spa's five smaller practices and Spodak Dental Group is one really large multi-specialty practice. So there's a lot to learn from each other, I think, in both directions. And when they saw how well they worked together, and um, Dr. Bolden came to the Spodak Dental Group. I think Craig, Dr. Spodak flew to Atlanta Dental Spa and they just kind of exchanged a lot of information. And when they when it really hit home about the, the fact that they wanted to head in similar directions, I think they saw the potential of my hygiene department, the potential of Sharice's hygiene department. And one big thing actually was when Dr. Bolden came to visit the Spodak Dental Group, he was talking about his unicorn hygienist, which of course is guess who, Sharisa who was, you know, treating patients like with this incredible gold standard that most of us had never even like heard of using products and procedures and doing things that were, that I'm like, oh my gosh, like when I look at our department, we're, I thought we were awesome. And then I was like, oh crap, we're not, <laughs> like, we're not that awesome. So, so no, we were, honestly, we were awesome and we were doing our very best that we could for our patients, but she introduced us to one really important piece of the puzzle, which is Perio Protect, which we're both very passionate about. Um, but so Dr. Bolden and Dr. Craig kind of orchestrated myself and one of our hygienists at the Spodak Demo Group to fly and see Sharisa, meet her, kind of see how she operates clinically, you know, in her day-to-day what that looks like. And it was a lot about Perio Protect and a lot about, you know, patient education. We picked up a lot of verbiage from her. And then I went back and started implementing as the lead, you know, I just started implementing, we onboarded Perio Protect. We started implementing some of the things that she had done and, I'm kind of more the organizational aspect and Teresa's like clinical guru, like all things, everything. And now that we've started collaborating, like we're, we're both a lot of both, but that's, that's how it originated. It was like, you know, we have this unicorn hygienist. She's amazing. I really think that some of the things that she's doing can help our practice grow, send us up there. We brought a lot of the ideas back and then we became like inseparable pretty much. And then Teresa and I, you know, not long after all of that happened, you know, we had talked and we were close, but then short shortly thereafter it was covid and offices were shut down and then she and i really got to know each other really really well because we started uh writing our book the bulletproof hygiene book um and then from then on we talked every single day so that was like beginning of 
2000 and we're almost 2022 here. So a couple of years we've been talking and collaborating on dental hygiene things almost, almost every day. And I think it's that idea of, you know, iron sharpens iron. Um, like Brittany said, I definitely think she is very strategic on the admin and organizational side. And honestly, when we first started working together, like I didn't even understand all of that. Like I was like, why does that matter? And, you know, vice versa. And now that we've been working together, you know, we understand the bigger picture and are able to really see it from all angles. And I think that's really appealing to patients and hygienists because, you know, we don't all think the same way and we do come at things from different vantage points. So I think there's a lot of value in kind of putting our heads together. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm so glad that you guys asked us to join your podcast is again, we're collaborating, we're putting our heads together and, you know, using all of our strengths together to build this profession and build a better dental world and community for our patients. So I wonder, you know, so many patients really don't know the difference in a hygienist that would qualify as a pup, as a bulletproof hygienist or the hygienist that they just love and know and have been going to and think that they're awesome. And they really don't know when they have a bulletproof hygienist and when they don't. Um, they don't really know when they've been treated properly. And so I know that that's what you guys are trying to do, make a difference in the care that the clinicians are giving. <laughs> and then how do the patients know? How do they know if they're actually with a bulletproof hygienist or getting the right care? That's a great question. And I'll, I'll hop on that first and let Brittany uh, help me out here. But I would say the first way you'll know is, are you getting the proper assessments when you go in to see for your hygiene visit? You know, are they looking at your blood pressure? Are they doing a deep dive and talking to you about your medical history and understanding, you know, what your conditions are, what your family history is? Are they doing, um, you know, periodontal assessment or, or what we call perio charting, where um, they take an assessment of the health of the gum and bone? And, um, you know, I usually say to my patient, you know, hey, I'm going to check the health of your gum and bone. I'm going to gently walk around each tooth and take some measurements. You're going to hear me calling out some readings. Anything from one to three is normal and healthy. Anything four, five or above or any areas of bleeding indicates inflammation and infection. And then I call those numbers out loud. So that patient is aware. And that's something, you know, I'll say to listeners, you know, if you're a patient and you're thinking, gosh, that's, I've never had anybody do that for me. I want to just say it, do, it doesn't necessarily mean that your hygienist isn't doing that, but you may want to ask, Hey, are you, are you doing that gum evaluation? Would you mind calling those numbers out so I can hear them? Because I think sometimes we, we as clinicians do that service, but don't necessarily vocalize it. And patients may not realize the value of what's happening. And I, Brittany and I are both such big proponents of educating the patient and involving them in all of those assessments so that they really know and understand and kind of take the journey with you as you're going through that appointment so that by the time it's time to talk to them about any concerns that you have, they've already experienced that. You've shown them, they've heard it, they've felt it, they've seen it, and they're ready to take ownership over that and move forward with what needs to happen. Um, so I think, you know, that perio charting is something I do at every single appointment, um, just so that I make sure that nothing has changed. Cause we know a lot can change in a patient's health history and medical history and oral care in a short period of time. 
Um, obviously, you know, there's some great technology out. I know Brittany and I both use scanning technology. Um, we both have iTeros in our practice, and that's such a great way to really help the patient conceptualize what's actively going on in their mouth, let them see any areas of recession, let them look at their occlusion um, how their teeth fit and function together, because sometimes that can lead to some bone loss issues. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good start. Brittany, what else would you say? I would say, I'm just trying to think of how to differentiate from a patient standpoint, because I know that, you know, there have been a lot of instances where a patient comes in and they've been seeing the same doctor or hygienist or whoever, a medical care provider for 30 plus years, and they come in to our office. And I know that this has probably happened to you too, where they have active infection or they, there are issues that just haven't been being evaluated, but they, they did love that provider and they did have a good relationship and a good rapport. And they had like that piece of the puzzle, but maybe not necessarily the assessment and the actual health gauge aspect of, you know, and the partnership aspect of what that relationship should look like. So I think that everything that Sharisa just said, absolutely. And then also does this relationship feel like a partnership or is it kind of like, more of social hour and my teeth are getting cleaned. Like, are you being educated and are you being equipped and given tools to then go and take the very best care of yourself when you leave the practice or are you not? Is it kind of like social hour or is it, is it vague? Is it, you know, are you unsure when, when you leave the practice, do you feel like you understand your current health or disease status and what needs to happen next? I would say those are good things to ask. But I agree with everything that you said. Yeah, assessment 100%. And it's hard for, I think, patients to know, like, yeah, what assessment should I be receiving? So those are all great examples. The perio charting, the gum and bone charting, um, uh, photographs, x-rays, um, the iTero scanning, oral cancer screening. And, and like Sharissa said as well, a lot of these things may be happening, but maybe they're not being verbalized or discussed, which is a detriment, obviously, to our patients, but I know that that happens a lot as well. But I think those things look for the assessment, look for the partnership aspects. And I, I think I want to say that, you know, there's still a lot of patients out there that don't necessarily understand the correlation between their oral health and their systemic health. And there's still almost that mentality of, well, I'm just going to get my teeth cleaned. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to do these extra things, or I'm, I'm not sure I would like to have that, you know, done today. They don't necessarily understand that bleeding in their mouth does not just stay in their mouth. It's a doorway to the rest of the body. And we know that there are 11 different oral pathogens that have been shown through research to, once they have access to the bloodstream, initiate things like Alzheimer's disease heart attack, stroke, diabetes, arthritis, certain types of cancers, preterm low birth weight babies, and even fetal death. So there is a lot of impact that when you go in for a cleaning, there's a lot of exposure that can happen if your mouth isn't really at optimal health. So, you know, if you, if your hygienist is telling you, Hey, I'm seeing a lot of bleeding today, or I'm seeing any bleeding today that needs to be. And I tell my patients, no pun intended, but a red flag to say, Hey, this is problematic. This is something that's exposing you to something greater. And, and that's where you want that hygienist to dig in and really understand your medical history and kind of put the pieces together and help you understand that bleeding in your mouth puts you at risk for much greater things. And so if you've got, you know, 
if your experience again has been in the past, well, I just want to go in for my cleaning and yeah, they told me there was some bleeding and I just need to floss more. Um, I would challenge those patients to ask more questions. Um, I think we all are in an era where we need to be our best, our own advocates for our care. Um, and, you know, with the internet being what it is, we can Google everything these days. So, you know, patients are coming in a lot more aware about some of these connections and, and wanting more, um, more opportunity from us as providers. I think one of the greatest opportunities right now is salivary diagnostics and salivary testing. And it's an easy, quick thing to do to be able to screen our patients to see, um, number one, are you at risk for having any of these systemic issues because of the pathogens that could be present or what's causing this active in infection? Um, and it helps us to really pinpoint what's going on and how we need to treat that patient so specifically. So, you know, if you're listening as a patient and thinking, hey, no one's ever offered that to me before, that might be something to start asking about. Well, and some, some of our patients are so many of our patients are sick in our chair and they still don't really understand why we would ask them medical questions. A lot of patients still just want to say, I've had no changes in my health history, and I don't know why you would ask me that. So I know Dr. Pritchard, working with Dr. Pritchard this year and for the last year and a half, she has been very shocked at the information that she gets from dentists um, because they really haven't explained those things and they haven't done certain tests and, you know, she can't get the information that she needs and, you know, she's doing testing, but then the dentists are saying, well, you know, I don't really work with those tests. I don't really know how to get those pathogens down. So I know Dr. Um, Pritchard could speak to how shocked you've been and how much we do get, need to get this message out to patients so they understand. Yeah, that's such a great point and perspective because um, I think we get used to practicing in a clinic or in a type of practice where not one of the possible reasons that a person had a heart attack or one of the possible reasons could be maybe something oral related. My practice has evolved over the past several years to the point that let's start there because 50% of heart attacks occur from an oral related issue and probably way more than that. And then you bring in the airway piece and, you know, oral pathogen piece and endodontic piece. And it's like, let's start there. Yes. Um, certainly we want to look at blood pressure, et cetera, but I, um, I've, evolved over the years in um, conveying that to the patient, because I would a lot of times, as you've just mentioned, get some pushback from the patient because they thought I was making too big of a deal of what I needed from their dental hygienist or what I needed from their dentist for, for the patient. Like what you and I need together and talking to the patient is information from the dental office, the dental team, and then a collaborative care plan, really. Um, so that together we can keep you from having another heart attack, um, keep you from having another stroke, or perhaps we can keep you from going to bypass surgery, or as you said, Teresa, going down the path towards dementia and Alzheimer's. It's um, 
the science is there and our clinical experience, all of us on this call can give case after case after case where we know it to be true. So um, in my mind, it's not shocking anymore, but, but it is shocking to call a dental office and to, um, as you just said, Patty, and, and the person on the other end of the phone absolutely hasn't heard of this. And um, I realize there's a lot of medical teams that haven't either. So it's not like I'm picking on dental teams because you as the dental hygienist, Patty, have called medical offices and the same thing happens. You can't really get the information and the care that you need. So I think it's the, the main reason that this podcast tonight is so important um, is in the future, the healthcare team of the future will involve your dental team and your prevention-focused medical team. It just has to. If you truly want to stay out of the hospital, if you want to stay away from cognitive decline, if you want to stay out of the um, cath lab where we put stents in, you want to keep from uh, getting diabetes, or if you want to turn your diabetes around, you have to have this collaborative team. Um, so yeah, it's such a good point, Patty. It, it goes both ways. We know that, but we have to get the patient on board, but then you also have to have the other side of the equation on board. So um, do you find that pushback as well, Teresa and Brittany, when you uh, collaborate with the medical team? I know you check blood pressure and you're looking at medical histories and things. And so um, how do you overcome that hurdle when someone perhaps keeps coming back and coming back and the doctor still isn't appreciating the fact that their blood pressure is 150 over 98. And this tells them that's not too bad and doesn't change a thing. Yeah, that's really hard. And it's, it's a very real thing. And we see that much more than I would like to, obviously. Um, that's when I try my best to empower the patient to be their best advocate. And, you know, that's when I start talking to patients about, you know, get your own blood pressure cuff. I want you to start taking this at the same time every day. I want you to journal this and I want you to share it with your doctor. And if they're not responsive to this, then it might be time to look around and find somebody who's going to take this seriously. And, you know, this may be, this is when you bring in that overall medical history of, you know, I know this runs in your family. This is a genetic issue. This is something we don't want to ignore. You know, you're sharing with me that your, your grandfather died of a heart attack, you know, after having years of high blood pressure, you know, I'm here to help you. I want to practice prevention for you. I don't want to practice reaction. So, you know, if you've got a, a provider that's not responding and not listening, then I want to empower those patients to look around because there are a lot of doctors out there who are paying attention and, and do want to listen. But we've definitely, I just uh, reached out to a cardiologist last week for a patient that had a heart attack nine years ago, and he actually changed practices. He came to us as a new patient because he said he didn't feel like his previous doctor was really um, paying attention and really giving him the care that he was looking for. So he came to us. Um, we did salivary testing. It came back. He was loaded with, you know, a lot of the high risk pathogens, um, you know, very active periodontal disease. And so obviously I, you know, sent those test results over to the cardiologist with a long letter. And of course I have heard nothing back. <laughs> 
So, you know, it's, it's a tough thing, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it and keep trying. And if nothing else, the patient watches you being that advocate for them, and it's going to empower them to ask when they go to their next visit, Hey, did you get that letter from my hygienist? Or, you know, did you get that report? And I copy the patient on the email as well. So they see what's going on. And if nothing else that empowers that patient to, to ask for their own care and ask those questions. Yeah. I mean, I agree with all, like, especially empowering the patient because it's, it is very, very common to try and communicate with any external office, you know, even other dental offices in some cases and get feedback or obtain records or obtain clear and easy communication, you know, so I've definitely experienced that too, but I would say the patient being their own advocate is our best bet at this point. And I think that that's a powerful tool, you know, in the grand scheme of things and in the big picture, because the more that patients are asking for these things, eventually, you know, with all of the research that is available at our fingertips, but also at patients' fingertips, I don't think that, I think at some point they're not going to take no for an answer. And it's, there's going to have to be a shift, you know, when the consumer, technically the consumer of healthcare products or whatever health services we are offering to our patients is saying like, hey, will you evaluate me for this? Will you treat me for this? Will you investigate this? You know, this other healthcare practitioner brought this to my attention and now it's a concern of mine. I think that's a really powerful tool. And I think that eventually just repetition and insisting, you know, on certain things is going to be the most powerful tool and it coming from the patients. And then eventually people will have to get on board. You know, I think it's just repetition becomes what we normalize. And persistence is what we normalize. So it's going to take a lot of that over and over and over again. And I think it's going to take a lot of doors being slammed in our face and a lot of no's, you know, in our face and a lot of um, potentially that happening to the patients, unfortunately, for a period of time. But I think that there will be a mandatory shift. I think they're already, it's already mandatory and just people are choosing whether or not they want to go in that direction and shift. You said a really important word for me, and that is normalize. <laughs> Um, I feel that in the field of dentistry, we've done that on both sides, like you said, from providers to patients. And one of those normalizing thing is for me, bleeding, we have normalized bleeding in our industry. And really that doesn't happen in any other industry. We aren't allowed to bleed from our fingers. We're not allowed to bleed from our hair. We're not allowed to bleed, I say, from any other body part. And yet we've normalized this. And so it's this huge, really, challenge to the status quo of not only the industry, but society itself. Um, so I love that you use that word. Um, you said something earlier, no more bloody profies. I know Patty, my uh, partner in crime, I call her over there. You know, we used to just say we wanted the... Nike swish sign, just don't do it. Don't do a bloody profi <laughs> with, you know, that was going to be Patty's uh, little icon symbol there to all hygienists, but really a message to patients. And I think that's something I'd like to bring up for patients listening out there as well as hygienists is why are we normalizing that to just pause for a moment and help us challenge that and how do you see that changing? I know a lot is education you're saying, you know, trying to get patients to own their own health, but where do you even see it changing? I say even to providers. I have a lot of hygienists. I'll say, you know, when we're collaborating together, Dr. Pritchard and myself, and I know Patty says to you, the hygienist will even say to us, oh, there's so little bleeding. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I always like to say that's like telling me I, I use, uh, you know, creating estrogen while just a little pregnant. It's like, well, you are, you aren't, you're either bleeding or you're not, you know, it's like really hard to draw that line there. It is. And like, I think that's something that is really, really unique. And the reason why it's so difficult, it's not difficult to come up with similes, but I think it is difficult to find something that actually is on the same level as our teeth and the relationship of our teeth with the periodontium. Because where else in our body do we have like a bone that's half encased in tissue and half sticking out? And there's this communication of bacteria from externally to inside where our blood vessels are and which communicates with the rest of our body. Like there, I think probably our fingernail is like the most similar situation and that clearly only bleeds when we injure it, right? So it is a unique situation. I think it's, that's why it's in its own category of like, oh, when this bleeds, it's always blood. So that's just my version of normal. It's kind of like when someone says, oh, I always have high blood pressure. Okay. Just because it's common and normal for you doesn't mean that it's healthy. Just because this has been your experience for many years or most of your life doesn't mean that, that you're currently in a healthy state or you're not at risk for a serious issue. You know? So I think that that's the first thing It's just, I, I say that to my patients all the time. Like this is a unique situation. I understand why this is a strange concept. Like where else in your body? Is there this thing? There isn't. Like some people liken it to, you know, you're brushing your hair and your, your hair starts bleeding. It's, it's just not the same thing, but a hundred percent agreed with you that, yeah, bleeding is not normal. It's not healthy. It has to be fixed, but I think it all starts with educating our patients about why it's not normal. You know, there are other things. And I know Dr. Pritchard would agree with me on this is that I know you guys have probably asked your patient who is diabetic, if they are under control, you know, what's their A1C is their doctor happy with that A1C? Because, you know, oh, my last A1C was 7.4. And you're thinking, we're thinking, wow, that's really high. But, you know, the medical doctor may be okay with that. We don't know. But if I say, well, is your medical doctor okay with that number? They'll go, oh, heavens, no. I mean, you know, and so it's like, no, I mean, that's going to be impossible for me to get a good A1C, you know? And so I think that there's all kinds of areas of things that do get normalized that we just, it's sort of a defense. We're sort of in denial of that's as good as it gets. And I don't know why you're talking to me about my diabetes, you know? Um, so yeah, we have a big job to draw the connection um, of the oral health and the systemic health and the psychological problems that we have going on. It's like, you know, there's a lot, like Laura said, we um, are kind of psychologists in the chair as well <laughs> uh, sometimes. But I think that what we have discovered tonight and have actually introduced to some of our listeners as patients, so that the patients who are listening, is that there is a big difference in care. And in order to make sure they're getting that bulletproof care, um, they need to really be listening for a clinician who is asking them about their total body health and not just their teeth. Even though, you know, there's a there's a um, interesting thing about teeth. Teeth are very unique as an organ of the body because they're really the only thing that is external and internal. It's like, Nothing else really makes um, connection with outside our bodies except for the teeth. You know, so they're they're really unique in the way that we have to try to maintain the environment and keep them healthy. So um, you know, there's a lot to the care, and and there's not a lot of time. So I think when a when a patient realizes that their clinician is now insisting that we check the blood pressure and doing an oral cancer screening and doing those things that are medical dental. 
um, and appreciating those things. And they know that they're getting better care than the hygienist that wants to talk about movies and soccer and I'm cleaning your teeth and honey, I don't really want my blood pressure taken. My doctor does that. Okay. You know, those, those kind of days are over. We need, we have to take a lot more responsibility in the dental appointment to make it a complete health dentistry uh, um, visit and, and cover all of that. So hopefully our listeners are learning that tonight. So tell me a little bit, you guys wrote your book together. And I know it probably had a multi-purpose mission. I'd love for you to share that because really it's to build bulletproof hygienists, but ultimately I feel like we share that same passion. It's to give to our patients. So what is that main mission when you wrote your book together, was you guys collaborated together in producing your book? So I would say number one, our goal is to help hygienists find fulfillment within the profession. Because when you are operating out of your why and you're feeling fulfilled in that, that's when you're going to practice at your best. And what we're talking about tonight, in my opinion, is the number one root of that fulfillment because you're actively helping people get healthy and be their best selves. So, you know, Brittany and I, we talk about a lot of things in bulletproof hygiene because there's a lot that we have to do in hygiene. Being a hygienist is pretty hard. We have a lot of different things that we have to look at. Um, So we talk a lot about how to do all those things really well and really root yourself in the foundation of your why and what your goals are um, and even how to do that and how to track that success and, and, and all of those things. But really the, the come from and the number one, why is the fulfillment aspect of knowing that you're practicing at the top of your game, being able to help patients own their conditions and make the best choices to get themselves healthy. And that's where the reward really comes in. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, a hundred percent, it's just, it's the, it's re-examining the foundation of who we are as individuals and collectively, why we're doing what we do and where we want to go from here. So it's just looking at that you know, holistically, and then kind of whittling it down to like, okay, what, what is my, why, where did I come from? How did I get into this? And why do I do what I'm doing every single day? Like to what end, to what purpose, when I look back at my life at the end of it, what mission do I want to have fulfilled and what impact do I want to have made and what shifts do I want to have been a part of initiating, you know, in this field. So that's kind of like, where it comes from. And I think that those are the things that fall by the wayside, especially for us who've been doing it, you know, several years, a decade, several decades. Like, I think it's easy for us to forget why we're doing what we're doing. And I think there, there could be an argument for it becomes even easier in some instances to start doing bloody prophies because it's like the same old same you've received, you know, you're jaded from whatever patient pushback and whatever doctor pushback and whatever um, discrepancies and difficulties you've had in your journey as a clinician. And I think it's, it's long overdue to have some like refreshment and a reminder of like why we're doing what we're doing. And the fact that we have power to control like where we want to go and how we want to impact our patients' lives to a, to a really large extent. You know, if you're in a practice where um, you have doctors who or a practice owner who, you know, is highly ethical, wants what's best for patients, you know, wants to head in the same direction as you're heading and you jump on board. I think that there's a lot of possibility there that people just aren't tapping into So really it's just like, refresh yourself, you know, let's get reminded of like where we came from and where we're going and how we can, how we can make this all happen together. 
And I, and I think what you just said at the end there, Brittany, is huge. The together part. Mm-hmm. We have to do this together. We're not on an island. We are a community of professionals. And that's the other reason Brittany and I exist is to pre- provide community. We cannot do this alone. Um, you know, again, iron sharpens iron. So, you know, the more, the, the better we get and push each other and guide each other and help each other and lift each other up, the better care our patients are getting. Um, you know, there's that great quote from Maya Angelou, you know, once you know better, you do better. And so I, that's one of our missions is to help hygienists understand how we can practice and who we can be as a profession so that the patients get that level of care that they deserve. Well, I love that you guys are talking about this. I mean, during the pandemic and even ongoing, I mean, we were the number one risk rated in the world. Right. And so hygienists were, you know, going, and I'm going to say the line of fire every single day. Um, And we saw some mass exodus, right? I mean, it's just really put that passion and that why on the line. You know, we heard a lot from the medical field and really they're no different because they were putting themselves right in the line of fire as well. But I do want our listeners to know that and understand that. And I think for me, what I'd like to share is more patients to almost be asking their hygienists, like you said, it's a hard day sometimes and how refreshing it would be for the patient to say, Hey, I value what you provide for me. What else can I do to be healthier? And because I want our listeners to know, it's like, great hygienists, that whole, like, we feel like we're constantly, I'm going to say like nagging our patients, right. Putting more and more on them. We feel it just as much as they feel it that right. Almost to change that. Um, and that's really one of my goals is getting my patients to almost ask me, what else can I do every time I come what piece of value of information I'm leaving my patients. So each time they come, they want another piece of value that they're asking. Um, And so patients can be even asking like, right. I heard about salivary testing. What else can I do to be healthier? I heard about how high blood pressure is linked to my oral health. What else can I do? My cholesterol just kind of going down that line. But I love that we're talking about this because I think it is so relevant where we are in the world and what's happening. And I know Dr. Pritchard, it's the same on the medical side. We're seeing that. Um, And just like you said, at the end of the day, we all have to work together to collaborate, come together to make sure that that's happening. So I love that there's more going to be more bulletproof hygienists out there and for listeners to really be looking for that, looking for this type of care. What else would you guys add to that as far as for our listeners to really be looking for? Well, if I will say that if our listeners are hygienists, if our listeners happen to be hygienists, um, come connect with us, you know, help this, help us grow in our mission and help spread this fire and spread this passion. Um, Brittany and I, um, we have a podcast ourselves called Bulletproof Hygiene. Um, we again mentioned the book, and then we also do an annual summit and we're going to be doing that, um, next year in June 3rd and 4th in Nashville. So come see us live. Let's connect together. Um, and the easiest way to connect is we actually have a mighty network group. Um, it's a free downloadable app and you just join us at Bulletproof Hygiene. And it's a great place to hop in and just ask questions and talk and chat and bring ideas and solutions and issues. Um, so, you know, from a hygiene, hygienist perspective, come see us, come, you know, let's put our heads together. You're doing, you guys are doing something that we don't know about that we need to know about. 
Um, for patients, like we said, just be your own advocate, ask, ask for what you're hearing today, ask for the next level of care. You know, if you're not certain on something, ask, you know, it, it, you've got to have look for providers that will spend the time really talking to you and helping you understand and putting your understanding before any of the treatment, because it's important that you own your own condition and are ready to move forward because you really value what you've heard and you know what you, the path you need to take. Yes, I agree. That's all I can say. (laughs) All of what she just said. Well, Brittany and Sharissa, it's been wonderful having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your knowledge. And we uh, love to have you back again. And we look forward to the summit and all of the future endeavors. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. And thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today. Remember to be your own advocate and to keep asking why. And now you have a new ask why question. Ask not why do I need a bulletproof hygienist, but now that you know what one is, ask if you do have a bulletproof hygienist. And if you don't, then seek one out. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to subscribe to our channel, to our podcast. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast app and also follow us on social media. Ask Why Medicine podcast is on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for joining us today. And remember to keep asking why.